Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello. Welcome to Five Things, the podcast where we bring on my favorite funny people and we ask them five things. I'm your host, Roche Abdullah. Five Things is presented by Bad Dog Theater. Bad Dog Theater is a Toronto comedy school and improv theater devoted to unscripted performance. They host classes and shows in person and online. Check out baddogtheater.com to get tickets or enroll in class today. Five things. One of our favorite warm-up games. What is it? Just a game that we get, we play to get performers out of their head. We ask a question uh, to list. It's a list game. List five things from any category. Uh, usually the other performer has to do it as fast as they can. You can take your time, though. Today we're playing with our guest, Matt McCready. He teaches. Yeah, <laughs> he teaches. He plays. He performs. He hosts uh, and he uh, produces shows. Matt, welcome. Thank you. Oh, my God, Rush. I'm so excited to be here at Five <laughs> Things. Whoa. What's your walkout song, Matt? there's a theme song from a wrestler from the 90s and his name was mr ass and the song just goes i'm an ass man and it talks about all the things he loves about asses so that's what i liked doing for uh softball and things what um i i, I watched uh, wrestling when i was a kid and i don't remember ass man mr ass uh he was like he was like billy gunn was also one of his names and he briefly went by the name ass man and so for like only a few months he had this horrible <laughs> ass man song and then he's like i hate this i know i think he still likes it he's like that was my favorite thing i ever did so you know we all have our own journey and mr <laughs> ass is figuring out his okay well welcome uh matt thanks for coming on are you ready for the five things warm-up question before we get into the actual hard-hitting cues i can't wait Boop beep, I can't wait. I can't wait. Improv Tron 3000, excited. Okay, Matt, your warm up question is five things, Mm. five things you would say while being tortured for information without actually giving away any secrets. So these are the, instead of five pieces of actual intel, this is what you would say instead. All right, okay, okay. Uh, My name is Mr. Ass. I am the ass man. <laughs> Scream for me, Mr. Ass. Scissor me, daddy ass. I'd be so and, mad if I was the And you have cracked me finally. I am Mr. Ass. <laughs> Yeah, it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> I'm really warmed up now. I really got out of my comfort zone of talking about my favorite word. How do you think you would do uh, as a hostage victim, a torture hostage victim? How fast do you think uh, you crack? Man, it, what kind of person would say, oh, I would never crack? Like, what type of person has the hubris to think that if they were like, unless they have been tortured and haven't cracked, what type of person would say like, oh, I there's no way I would crack no matter what the torture was? I have no idea. I don't think I, I think I would do average if I had to guess. Like I think you I would just do okay. Oh, average is pretty good. I guess. 
Like, yeah, and I think I like average is average, but like, <laughs> no, no, average, average is average, I think, in the rest of life, but in this context of like, how would you do in torture? I think average is what do you like? You're right, the word average does mean I just think you're okay. Well, then average is, I think, breaking immediately. <laughs> I think it really depends what the information is, obviously. So if it was like, um, you know, if like my wife, Erin, or, or my partner, Margaret, were going to be like, murdered if I didn't give up the information like I would hold on for a long and if it, but if it was like Canada Canada's tax secrets or something or like where where Trudeau is I'd probably crack really <laughs> really fast one nipple twist and you're and you're giving it all up oh yeah 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 uh, yeah I think that anyone can last uh, like there's no shame in how long people can last with torture because I don't think that's the thing you can control so. No, no, not at all. You can't. And we're not here torture. to shame. We're not here to torture shame. That's not why we're we came here today. <sighs> Speak for yourself, Roche. I'm here to say the word ass and to torture shame. <laughs> okay, Matt. My first question for you is. Yes. Okay, so you are a producer of a show, Beer Beer, very popular, very successful show. Uh, been going on for years now. You always yeah. have such amazing performers on. It's always a good time. How how did you build that show up? Because, okay, is it easy to fill spots every week or do you find producing to be time consuming? Because you manage to do it flawlessly week in, week out. Oh, that's a good question. Um, yeah, so right now I'm not like super employed. Before I would work like 50 hours at least a week um, mm -hmm. working one or two jobs and then also doing beer, beer. And that was, oh, and the world's biggest improv tournament. So that was like, I was burning myself out a lot. Uh, but now it's like, it's not too difficult. I think like, mm, I had this friend in grade, like all through high school, his name was Jason Cashmanian. And he would have these parties at his house and he would just call people over and over and just like invite them to his, to his house. And he was always like, well, they're, they're going to have a good time if they come. So <laughs> I'm not annoying them, you know? <laughs> so like, <laughs> And he'd always just get on the phone and he'd be like, just come, don't be an idiot, you know? So I definitely am not like that. But uh, it did instill in me like a lack of like fear of asking people to do things, which I think gets in the way of like um, booking improv shows a lot. I also don't care if people don't want to do it or if they're like um, unhappy to do it or if they have like a problem with me or whatever. Um, Has anyone yeah, said that, that they have a problem with you? <laughs> No, but you know, you never know. Maybe sometimes that happens in the back of people's minds, you know, or the front of people's minds, but they just don't tell me about it. Uh, but it's also like, I don't know, I've been doing it for like 12 years now, like just like doing improv. And so a long like, time, yeah. yeah, so my contact list of just people I know is so extensive that right. it's like, the problem for me more so isn't like how to get so many people on. It's like, how do I like, get people like, how do I get people in enough? Like, there's all these names of people that, like, I wish could play more. Mm. Um, like, uh, like Sean, who's the who's the tech for this show, Sean Murray from Sex T Rex. Yeah, he he specifically said he's not allowed to talk on the show, so I shouldn't be <laughs> talking to him too much. But like, you know, like uh, Julian Frid came to the show on Saturday, and like Julian's in Sex T Rex with Sean, and he rules. And I'd love to get Julian on more, but like. Right now, <laughs> right now, there's just like all these like people that like I would love to get on more, but there's just like there's no spots and there's just not a lot of other shows happening. So I feel like so much pressure 
to get all these people on the show. Yeah, that's true. A lot of uh, physical spaces have shut down. So uh, your show is now booming. It's always been booming, but now it's like a <laughs> hot. Okay, well, one thing you said was that you were like before when you were working two jobs, uh, one to two jobs, and then also producing the show, you were burnt out. Did the hat, were you okay with that? Or did you know you were burning yourself out? Were you getting to a point where you're like, I need to slow down? How did it all, you had a lot on your plate before, and now having not as much looking back do you miss that kind of high pace energy or do you have are you happy to have a little bit more of a, a chill yeah out? oh i definitely don't miss the who misses being burnt out is definitely uh like what kind of uh american psycho type of person are you if you're like i wish i was more burnt out <laughs> i definitely like don't miss that at all um just means yeah. some people's uh people have different i guess gauges of like how much they like to work like, oh. uh, like Holly, you know, Holly, one of my best friends. Uh, yeah. She's Holly loving... Mulaski. Holly Mulaski. We're going to name her. We're going to out her. We're going to dox her. Give the address. She loves, she's a good, she loves to be a good, like to work. And um, when she was unemployed for a while and when I was unemployed for a while, I felt like we had very different experiences because I couldn't get enough of, like, I hate going back to work. I was like, I want to live the rest of my days eating figs and, and having orgies just like the ancient Greeks did. That's all I want to do. But she wanted to work. She yeah, she hates like orgies and she pigs. hates orgies and pigs. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I know, I, I mean, I could not work. I don't mind doing that. There is like definitely part of me sometimes where I just wish I was working a little bit more, and I still do other jobs. I still coach and I still teach, and like I'm not like just chilling at home all the time or anything. Um, but I just put like a lot of extra effort into promoting the show because now before we were in this like space that like was supposed to sit like 30 people, but we would get like 55 in. And now we're in a space that's like, you can basically put a hundred people in the room. So it, there's always like, I, don't know, I mean, it says the social capital theater too, which like historically is just not a draw as a venue. So you really have to like bust your ass to get people in there. Um, so I'm just putting more time into like graphic design. And as I'm like working on um, posters and stuff, I like learn different elements of graphic design. So I'm thinking I might maybe trying to get into that field a little bit. So That's really cool. uh, yeah, you know, and like I worked so hard for so long, like I worked crazy hours. And then like when the pandemic hit, it's like, well, like, you know, Aaron and I, my wife, we own a piece of property. Like I have like a bunch of savings it's like why am i killing myself at this point like what's the point of doing these jobs that i really dislike when i have been like responsible enough and lucky enough to like uh, be financially okay mm -hmm. so this did this kind of like uh not epiphany but this realization come after the lockdown like during it this was something you weren't thinking about before now you that you've had that taste you're like okay why was i working why was I just burning myself out so much now is the time to oh man is this interesting to anyone but like <laughs> like I'm just like I feel like this is so personal um <laughs> yeah oh I don't I guess like I think it kind of happened post pandemic a little bit like during the pandemic I was just so anxious and like um I was really wanting to get back to doing shows and stuff I think like everyone who is in performance was, you know, I just miss the sense of community. I miss like seeing people. I miss like giving the opportunity for people to do things and like the reactions. And, um, and I miss like, you know, I just miss performing and like, I miss mm -hmm. doing the thing that I feel like I'm very good at. So uh, yeah. So yeah, I think I was more focused on that and less focused on like what, like less worried. I, I was like, I should be working. That's really what I was thinking during the pandemic. Mm 
Well, okay. Well, what I did want to say was you said like the social capital is not some sort of like comedy bustling venue, but like I feel, and it's, and it's not, but you've turned it, it's a, you know, we, we have like bad dog and, and second city and comedy bar and had social capital now has its name amongst like people know it. And I do uh, feel like there's a big thank you goes out to Matt McCready for that. Because when I came when I came to Toronto, I did class a couple classes at places and I was like, I don't know. And then I did a class with you and it was uh, amazing. But what I really liked about it was that in this, when I, it was a f- breath of fresh air because usually you have a two hour class and you spend most of it like doing warm ups or playing games. And you just went right into, you were like, let's just <laughs> do the reps. Like, let's actually yes. do the thing. Some people like that. Some people, uh, some people are like, I, I need my warm up. So yeah, it's, it, <laughs> you just got to hope that people like it. But that's nice to say. Uh, I did try to, now that I teach, I, there was a class where I, at the end of classes, I usually ask them like, what do they, what do you they, more are they looking for? Like I have a structure, but we can always pivot. And they just said like more, more scenes. I was like, oh yeah, I'm going to do what Matt did. Like that changed my view of things. And I, and I want to bring, and then I did that. And then they were like, we like the warm ups. bring that back. <laughs> <I was like, laughs> yeah. I think the, the grass is always greener, you know, but I mean, when I used to take classes, I would always get so annoyed when we would spend like. I, the thing that always bugged me was when we would spend like the first 25 minutes talking about talking. our days and stuff, yeah. you know, like I do that when like before the class starts, if people show up early, I'll talk about that kind yeah. of stuff. But like once the class starts, it's like, let's go. That's what I, I really appreciated. I was like, this guy's giving us our money's worth straight <laughs> in. I didn't pay yeah, to man. hear anyone's day that I, I was like, I barely know you've been one over your day. <laughs> yeah. You spend, you spend five minutes of this entire class actually doing like a scene, which you asked a, a question earlier that I glossed over really quickly and it was like, how did beer beer like build up into things? Yeah. And I think it's like worth remembering that the show has been going on for six years. And for the first like five months, we didn't draw shit. So it's how like, did you keep going then after that, like you must've been, were you losing money? Were you like, what pushed you to keep for five months? Yeah. I mean, like we would have shows where we'd have people, but like we would have shows where we'd have like five people in the audience. And one thing that's like, was really nice about, um, social capital theater i i joke on them a lot because like you know it's just i just i'm an asshole i guess but like um yeah they like were very supportive of how the show went like they were like they didn't they didn't charge me for the space like originally i wasn't getting paid for it either though like Mm basically the show was called $12 beer beer comedy show. And that's another way that we built up an audience is just by undercutting the other shows. <laughs> so really it's a, 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 it's an awful pirating story, I guess. <laughs> um, but like a uh, swashbuckling tale. So yeah, I mean like, and, but still would take like, you know, like months before, like we started like building like word of mouth. And then like, we would get like a lot of like college students because of like the way that the show was priced and, the fact that the show was so cheap, like you get two tall cans, it's $12 for a show. Like we would make $0 on the ticket, right? Because like the, the cans cost six bucks at the time. Right. So, um, but like people were just pumped that it was happening. And so you, you created this like tight environment. It was a small space. Like my advice, if you're starting a show, like go into the most intimate environment that you can like handle. Like you don't want like, 10 seats or something but like if you can find like 25 like get like a little tiny space jam it and then like if it becomes a show that like people are that sells out it's like a club they let people like 
they always have people line up in front of the club and the club's fucking empty when you get inside. It's right. just like create the illusion of like it's selling well. And if you don't even have to create that illusion, which you really, you can't create that illusion for a comedy show. So like if you can create that feeling, then you're like on your way. That's a really good advice. That's, uh, that's So when you, when then when you raise the price after uh, with, I guess, inflation or whatever, did you get backlash? Did anyone, anyone was like, no, oh, no one twelve dollars uh like people would say that jokingly kind of you know like because now it's 25 dollars. it's like more than twice the price but it's still like a still really so, good deal yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's like i don't know like two drinks I don't, in show. yeah two it drinks in a good. show man yeah it's like i don't know you're always gonna get people who are angry at you for something like i think that's like something that happened during the pandemic is that like there was a fee like as a producer like i felt like so guilty about so many like um Cause like beer, beer before, like we never could pay any performers. Right. Cause like we weren't making any money. Um, and during a lot of the pandemic, there was a big push, which I think was good for like people to get paid for their performances. Right. Um, but it's also like you counter that with like improv is just not a draw. Like it's yeah. just not like, it's not like, it's not like stand up where like people have a concept of what it is because it's on television or like mm -hmm. anything. It's a product that doesn't lend itself at all to like video. Yeah. You know, it's like watching fucking nonsense when you watch it. Like, like you need like a really short clip of something that's like contained within a few, like 35 seconds to sell it. And that's not really the experience that's going to, that you have watching a great improv show. So it's like really hard to market. Um, since the pandemic, we raised the prices and I've been able to pay the people in the closing set. And the music performer has always gotten paid. The musical accompanist has okay. always gotten paid. Um, but like, yeah, so like, th I think there was like a lot of guilt for, for producers as well. Like I talked to a couple people who were like, ah, I just don't want to do it anymore. It just feels like it doesn't, it doesn't, it didn't feel very good. So I think like, that's another reason why there's just, I mean, there's a ton of reasons why there's fewer improv shows now. Mm -hmm. What's interesting is you were saying to me that you felt burnt out before the pandemic, but, uh, and now you have more of a good like work-life balance. But I always thought intentional or not, you've been like, an anti-hustler icon for me <laughs> and I <don't> <laughs> because I just feel like it's so this thing in the in the community where it's like you got to always be playing you got to always be seen and if you don't people forget you and all that and I feel like I always I don't know if this sounds rude it's like I always see you at this, the same place like or I don't I just feel like you're, you do the shows that you want to do or I see you it's like if it's fun for you you're not trying to and maybe it's because you've been doing it for so long you don't maybe need to do that anymore but this right. it's just like play what you want to play and don't you don't have to be everywhere all at once well i mean yeah i mean beer beer wasn't started as this like thing for anything other than the fact that like i wanted to do a show each week you know mm -hmm. uh and you know i used to be a part of like i used to be a big part of bad dog way back in the day like when they were on the danforth and then new management came in and they had their own people that they wanted to put on stage, which is like fine. You know, like I wasn't that honed a performer. I was kind of dime a dozen-ish um, in terms of like what I brought to the table. And so I was kind of out there for, like I was just like out of the loop there um, pretty instantly. Uh, so I just had to like figure out my own. If I wanted to keep doing shows, I had to figure it out on my own. I couldn't rely on like the structure of yeah. a company to give me what I wanted to do, which is in the long run, very good, but also very like angering and um, frustrating in the moment. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But I mean, it's just part of like fucking growing up as a comedian, you know, like right. go and do your own thing. Like don't rely, like, you know, like there's, 
countless people who like were bad dog performers just recently and then the space was gone and they're going through the same thing that i went through a few years ago i mean a lot of them are like already have those skills to go and do those other things. I'm not saying everyone was like that, but mm -hmm. I think there's definitely a feeling in the community of just like loss right now, which is totally understandable. Yeah, especially because yeah, they, they do say like, if you want to do something, just do it. Like if, if, if you want stage time, like you put on a show, but there are also people who are like, don't want to produce or not producers or- <laughs> Yeah, producing sucks a lot. <laughs> it sucks. And the re for me, the reason I do improv is because it's like no prep clock in clock out like, like <laughs> sketch it's fun to write sketch with people and stuff sometimes but it's just it's just work like anything with a bit of prep to it i, I, it's, I like the draw i like the ease of i'm a, I'm a lazy person i like fuck man i love showing up for a show and just like performing and leaving that rules like that's yeah. my fun that's my favorite like i like that so much more than producing the show there is like different types of um enjoyment that you get and satisfaction that you can get from like running a good show and it going well but like mm -hmm. just popping in and just like not having to worry about anything other than like performance like i'm so much better a performer when i don't have to produce the show you know it's yeah, like no pressure for producing with like money and getting people in and with the show i don't know for me i like improv because i can't get nervous like if people are like are you nervous and it's like about what i don't know what's gonna happen no one knows. Like, <laughs> it could be bad we don't know you just don't uh know well, I mean, the, the fear of the unknown is like one of the things that make people the most nervous, which is uh, why, like, you know, improv scares the hell out of like most people. Like uh, you probably have like a bunch of non-performance friends who look at improv and are like, I could never, ever do that. Yeah, which I think it helps, though, then uh, with another reason of not being scared, because it's like if it also if it does go bad, there's so much grace because people are like, well, they're making it up on the spot. Like they don't know what they're doing. You know what they're saying. <laughs> it's hard yeah 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 i try to put the worst group imaginable at the big beginning of beer beer so then the rest looks great <laughs> uh yeah i i do uh it's funny because i still i do see you as this like anti i don't want to say anti-hustler maybe that's bad i don't know because I, I do think hustler is like a bad term or like a icky because, yeah there's two sides to that coin for sure yeah. yeah sorry keep going no that's that's true i i think i'm so anti-work i'm just trying to like <laughs> spread the i'm just trying to unionize everyone yeah i mean I, I i dated a really like pretty much like the most successful kind of comedian you could see in toronto and they were so deeply unhappy and this was when i was very very young i had like um the gender reversal type of role in terms of like right. what usually happens with the community uh, i was dating somebody a little older and a little more successful and um they're so unhappy with it that kind of like opened my eyes to just like oh well this won't like chasing that won't make me happy so i don't like oh. i got i got an agent recently because like i was like let me try this acting thing uh but it again just didn't make me happy doing it so i recently dropped them so i'm just doing voice which i actually kind of enjoy um doing auditions for i didn't like auditioning for for mm -hmm. on-camera stuff but it's just like i don't know we could always chase this dream of like becoming the next adam sandler or whoever but it's just like, does that, is that what's going to make you happy in the long run? Mm -hmm. Like, we're only going to be here for so long. I've had so much death in my family that it's just like, you just got to like realize that like it could end at any point. So you might as well just do the things you love to do. Yeah. You don't want to spend your last day doing a self-tape in your underwear. <laughs> Which I literally did when I, I had remember you telling that story, yeah. <laughs> oh, shit. I just stopped telling people that story. I got burned no, for that story so much. Good story. Uh, Matt, when uh, a show, Matt was telling everyone that he got an agent in his first 
audition is this, he had to send in a self tape of him in underwear for was it fruit of the i guess it doesn't matter yeah like underwear brand but you had to send shots of yourself in your underwear and you know what i recently had to do a self tape where i had to dance in a bikini and i thought of your <laughs> story what what ad was that like you don't have to say the brand but what was the context of you dancing uh, in a bikini? it's like oh man i guess i don't know if i'm allowed to talk about it but yeah i guess uh it's it was like uh a vacation it was like for a vacation so they were just like can you do the whole the audition in a bikini but then they're like we well, this is like scene one or like this is scene two but they just want you to do it in a bikini but one of the things is like we also want you to dance and that one i had every time i like look back i'm like my nipples out like i it's just like can I, can I not do i have to dance in a bikini like a bikini will not hold like these bikinis are not dancing they're for, like they're just sunbathing stuff i'm not yeah, man, that sounds like that's the thing though. It's just like to me, it just seemed like such a buyer's market for like the people. Like you, you know, it seems like there's 50 times as many actors that are needed for this community that it didn't seem like it was like worth my time kind of to be involved. Like it's so like we, I could hustle hard on a if it, if I'm hustling so hard on a job that makes literally no difference in the world. Like what the fuck am I doing? <laughs> Like I made so many self tapes of which like nothing came from and it's like I hustled. <laughs> Who cares? Right, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I liked bartending because like at least like I just something was happening as a result of that, you know. Well, that's the thing. It's this. It's so precarious of work, but it's this weird. I think also it could be not good for people with addiction issues because it's kind of like a dopamine hit where it's like you got you get nothing for so long, you get really really stressed about it, and then you get a job, whatever, and it pays well, and you're like cool. But then you like pay off your credit card or whatever and then you go back to the like who knows when the next gig hits like it's a it's not a it could it could be not healthy for some people totally could you imagine if any other job was like dance in a bikini for me you'd be like get the fuck out of here hair salon or whatever yeah Yeah, i might pay you but send me a video of you dancing in a bikini you'll get a thousand dollars if you win and funny enough that's the one like uh, where you could do that and that's the industry where if your boob does pop out they're like oh no unprofessional like, that's not uh, that's not a good look <laughs> yeah it's crazy yeah i mean i don't know everyone chased their dreams but uh i mean that's another thing is about like perf- like i don't know acting has never been my dream so like that's mm-hmm, not mm-hmm. something i've ever wanted to do no totally it's a it's a money-making thing for some people and that's yeah that's the way i see it now we're going to take a little break and return with your guest, Matt McCready. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. And we're back with Matt McCready. What you said before, you felt like uh, when you you weren't getting maybe shows because you felt like the dime a dozen guy. Yeah. What do you feel like that is now? What do you think the who are the types of people now who feel like the dime a dozen people? Oh, man, I'd be a dime a dozen guy again now if I was like not producing shows. Like, I think if I wasn't producing shows, I would just be out of improv altogether. Like, really? 
Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like there's like almost everyone is out of improv basically now. Like there's so many people who like just don't do shows. Like I can like list people. It's like like Carrie Griffin, who's won like best male improviser comedy awards like multiple times. Like he really only does like his coincidence men show like once a month. Like there's like how can you be a relevant performer if there's like basically nothing happened? You just have to like create your own thing. Like I I know I would just be kind of doing something else if I wasn't doing my own shows. Mm-hmm. And what do you think that would be? Oh man, I don't know. R- raising a child. <laughs> do you want to be raising a child? What do you think about kids? I've been uh, having a lot of chats. I feel like I've been getting to the age where uh, like I'm now 30 and this is the time I guess where people you start talking about it or whatever, but no one I know is ready or wants it or anything. What do you feel? Oh man, I am in the opposite group. I, I'm trying to get everyone pregnant at all times. No, that's not true. <laughs> uh, I, uh, no, I don't want kids at all. Like, no, I'm like, it's, it's just not, it's never something that's like really appealed to me too much. And there's so many reasons not to have a kid, you know, like environmental reasons, you know, like, uh, you know, it's just, it, it doesn't seem like there's like a true reason other than like, the need to want to do it, which is obviously awesome if people have that, but it's just not in me. Mm-hmm. And isn't that so refreshing that we can finally talk? Like people can say that they don't want to have kids. Like I'm having these conversations with friends who don't, and it's like we, it was just so um, taboo before, I feel. Oh, yeah. I guess that's, prob- uh, that's probably more a female perspective that I don't quite. Um, right. I guess. Yeah. Because yeah. for men, it's like, you don't want kids? Of course not. You know, like, like not, it's not that big, but yeah, you know, like, like, yeah, but for men, it's kind of this, like if the default was you don't want kids and, and the assumption is that maybe one day you'll change, that's like an okay, acceptable thing. But the mm-hmm. default isn't for women that we won't have kids. Wow. That's if, if it, if it happens that we, for whatever reason, people can't, they're just like, Oh, I'm so sorry. No one ever is like, is that something that you are okay that you want? Yeah, I mean, there's very, very rare occasions where, like, I'll be like, oh, yeah, I want a kid. But then it's also, like, you know, my nephew is, like, the most perfect kid. He's so laid back and chill. He loves video games. He lives, like, a 15-minute walk from my house. And I'd visit him, like, every six months, you know? So it's, like, (laughs) it's not like he's bad or anything. It's not like, but, you know, there's just, like, no, I just don't really have that in me for whatever reason. Right. Yeah, he's also not but, your kid, so no it's also not my kid. But there's, there's like I talked to my dad about this because I was like, I was like, you seem like the type of person who would have been happy not having kids, and he's like, yeah, you know, I really didn't wouldn't have cared either way, you know. <laughs> Which is like, I mean, I I appreciate the honesty, you know. I did do that's. Yeah, there's so many people in the world that everyone's going to have such a different feeling to it. And even if a lot of people have a certain feeling to it, like we just had Christian Smith on who's just had a baby. And so for him, mm. he's like, the love I have is, is like, so, it's so visceral, it hurts. And that's right. like one thing. And then but Christian's so full of shit about everything. <laughs> <laughs> Christian said the same thing about his fringe show, you know? No, I'm just joking, I'm joking. <laughs> I went, I was, the passion Christian had talking about his child was so, I like just passion. You can mm-hmm. like, if, if what's, I, 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 it was so cool to see someone that, uh, I guess it's because for me, I, the question I have been having a lot lately is like, what is that feeling of like love? And then someone was like, here's an answer. Like there's, there are answers out there. Um, mm. but 
the thing is like for certain people. Right. Yeah, I don't think I'm devoid of love by any chance. No, uh, and that's, I hope that's not what I'm saying. But no, you're not saying that at all. I just want to clarify to my wife and partner that that's <laughs> not the case. But, but we're fed these narratives all the time of different things of like, this is going to, this is what this should feel like, or this is what this should. And then when you get into situations, sometimes you're like, this isn't, this isn't it. And then I don't know, I've been, I feel like I've internalized that with um, like relationships, if I've ever been one and not felt fulfilled. And I'm starting to question of like, well, how much of it is because I'm following these structures that, you know, society has told me, like, even just like monogamy right? Mm -hmm. It's like, why do I, every time I'm in a monogamous relationship, I have a feeling that I don't want to be and but I, then I'm, I feel like ashamed or something. And it's like, maybe this is just like, not for whatever we're pushing one type of thing onto a bunch of different people. And we're not allowing people to find what works for them. But it's harder with certain things with like kids, because you can't really go back on it. (laughs) Yeah, I definitely get more blowback in my life for, um, uh, polyamory than not having kids you know like yeah people oh my God. people find that truly bizarre whereas like not having kids people kind of people with kids kind of get i think a little bit not having kids like i think there's always like a grass is greener at times when you're having kids and you're not being able to do everything in your life uh that you maybe would do otherwise what's the sort of pushback that you do people like question do people to your face are like i don't get it man Go, like explain it or are they just curious hmm. with questions like how does that yeah, because it's like, it's such a vague term in general. Like, I have my wife, and we've been married for like four and a half, or like five years, I guess, four years. And um, like, I've been dating someone for like over five years. And I don't try to date anyone else. Like, I'm not pursuing that at all. I'm not trying to sleep with anyone. Like, I just have these two relate. I basically am monogamous times two. <laughs> um, and that's like my definition of what i'm doing there so it is a vague term um but i think it's like truly the most mockable thing like people will be happy happy to mock it like i remember (laughs) i was in a sketch troupe and a guy in the troupe was like i wrote a sketch for you where it's about a guy who's in this like because me and him had a private conversation basically during the pandemic it was very difficult to like uh navigate at the beginning two relationships because like of social distancing and like and you have to be locked down like you have to guess choose because before there was like you know bubbles yeah well i mean like i would just go between the two places but it was also like we weren't doing ttc or anything so it was like an hour and 15 minute walk between the places and i would do that like every other day and i would like have my bag it'd be the middle of the summer or the winter and it would be really hard to do and i remember telling a friend of mine about i told this guy in my sketch troop about it and then like later he was just like I wrote, I want to do this sketch about this guy in this like polyamorous relationship who's just so miserable in it the whole time. And I'm just like, (laughs) that's not like, that's not your sketch to fucking write. You know what I mean? It's Uh, like, man. Yeah. And it's like, I don't want to be in this fucking sketch. So it's like, yeah. I mean, like people like, yeah, it's, it's weird, man. And it's like, how was the sketch? You didn't write it. Oh, he just was like, this is the idea I have. What was the, what was it going to be fleshed out to be? Like <laughs> Just the tired man. I honestly man. think that was like a tired man who was so sick of having to go between his two relationships. <laughs> like that was like, it was just like. Right a mo- for comedy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It'd be like if a friend of yours was getting like 
divorce or something i wrote like i wrote the sketch for you about this like sad man getting divorced <laughs> and how much he hates it it's like the more just time like, that goes on the sadder he gets <laughs> yeah i don't know i think it's because like it's probably a concept that i would mock myself if i didn't go into it like i could see myself not appreciating it but it is kind of annoying because like it does get mocked by every single element of like the spectrum like the most right wing and the most left wing people will mock um that type of uh, relationship Espe especially as like a straight man who has like two partners it does raise an eyebrow on a, a lot of different like um groups oh interesting what is that the two ends like what are the two ideas at the opposite extremes i guess like the more like these are like family members and like uh friends of high school who might be like more conservative i guess but like their concerns if it is just like it just seems like um like a weird thing you know like they'll be like are you bringing your wives to something you know like they just aren't used to the fact that sometimes i bring one partner and sometimes i bring another one or like which one of your women are you bringing for this thing you know um, it kind of seems offensive like more it's more uh I don't know. It seems offensive to the your partners the way that that's phrased. Oh, it's so offensive to them, and that's what I get most upset about is that like it really makes them seem like they're not important to me or they're right, like yeah. um, a handbag to my like I'm just using yes, them as accessories. Yes, yeah, uh, which is like annoying. Um, and then like yeah, and then like my left wing people like sometimes I just get the vibe that they think I'm just like exploiting women to like have like multiple like sex with multiple partners like not understanding any of the dynamics of either relationship not understanding right. the sex lives of either relationship and it's just like i don't know just annoying it's like it's like really not a big deal but it is kind of annoying at times i guess yeah i, th I think for sure because what i was talking about of like the things that i'm like does this work for me i can't even figure out that I can't ask that question sometimes because we're not allowed to talk about it. And so it's like, you know, if, if it is something is brought up and then the first thing is kind of shitting on it or being like, oh, like what a loophole to date two women. It's like we're not then we're avoiding a whole bunch of con other conversations because now it's blanketed with the idea of that is bad because of this. Oh, to I remember when the Will Smith thing happened, you know, and he went up and smacked uh, Chris, Chris Rock. Like there was like this tweet that was like, Oh yeah, it looks like polyamorous relationships are so healthy. And it was <laughs> and it was liked by like nine of my friends. And I'm like, oh, okay. I, I see what's going on here. Oh. You know? Oh. It's, it's like, and I, I I don't take it personally, but it's also like it's it is it is funny. So like you can't like uh and I do think that there's a lot of people in polyamory who are super, super obnoxious and annoying about it. Uh so I do understand like that perspective, but it's also like I don't know you're just throwing like a full group under the bus for this action it was just it was it just seemed weird it did yeah, strike it a chord like, with me what did that have to do with polyamory like they have their relationship yeah. is they whatever they have but like the, uh, someone slapping someone else yeah it's like why like why does that affect every single person who's in that type of dynamic like yeah you don't think that there's like toxic monogamous relationships oh, like oh you know yeah, yeah, like yeah. to go back to my friends like you don't think that there were relationships that were struggling during the pandemic that were monogamous it's like everyone was struggling so yeah. it's like yeah you know. I, I had a core i had a lockdown breakup yeah I know a lot of people did yeah how did how deep into the pandemic did that happen um we we moved in uh mid-april 2020 
and we split uh i believe october like mid-october 2020 so we were six months in um uh yeah the second day we moved in i remember (laughs) he was like eating uh he had headphones in he was eating a peanut butter sandwich and i was like have you always chewed like that so I, I think I knew from the beginning. If <laughs> 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 you always chewed like that, yeah, they, like the most minute shit would annoy me so much. But I, 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 I wasn't the best partner during the pandemic, that's for sure. What is your worst habits of li- being someone to live with, like whether partner or not, roommate? Oh, what are my worst habits? Um, what am? What Remember am when I you said you wanted at? to get canceled? <laughs> yeah pre-show i said i wanted to get canceled i thought maybe we'd talk about like predators in the community or something and that could get me canceled uh by, Go on, by, by say that. more say more yeah all right um <laughs> what is the worst thing is that i complain about <laughs> xyz too much um yeah i don't know like uh what's the worst thing i think i'm just like i could be distant at times like i like to like just i like to be i like my alone time and when I had two partners, it would be difficult because like they would be happy to see me because they would have been alone for three days. And so I would like go and see them and they'd be so excited to see me. And I would be like, man, I really like would love two hours to just chill out. Um, so it was just like back and like when you do that on a three day schedule, it's like right. you arrive, they're excited. The day you leave, they're like sad you're leaving. The middle day, maybe you can get like a couple. So I, I felt like burnt out of just like feeling uh, the pressure to be the partner for two people, I guess. Yeah, and they were like they were great about it like they were like most of that was in my head yeah that the no but that all yeah that would i i feel like i would be burnt out you're right because you're having to do everything kind of like twice uh so you you get less time for that like to to what is it re reconfigure yourself like yeah. just be on like i need time on my own like i was like a loner type of kid so it's like that's just something I need. And they're both great about it. Like mm-hmm. I, this, I, I really want to stress that this is mostly. Of course. Mostly yeah. Yeah. I know. I, I relate to that. Cause that's something with my quarantine breakup or lockdown breakup. Uh, that's something I realized coming out of it. It was, I was just like, Oh, I actually do need to live. I, I can't live with a partner at least not mm-hmm. right. Like it's like, I, I need my own space and my own time. Um, maybe obviously with the lockdown being together all the time was, but it's just the other, also the thing of like the next, the natural next step is to like move in together. Um, and I feel like usually it's like split between like, cause you want to, it just makes things easier. Or you're like, yeah, I would love to wake up next to this person and be around them all the time. But then the other thing of like, it's easier cause it's hard to go home or so early the next day so I can make it in time for my work or also just like my cost living in Toronto is expensive, but if it's gonna so but so it's, yeah it's this thing of like we date someone and eventually it's like well when are we gonna move in and it's like why do we ever have to move in like what if that yeah makes my relationships worse what if i shouldn't be doing that even if it means i'm t- paying more money and it's a bit harder for me to get home or it's more convenient i think i've gotten to a point where i'm like i just need my i, I need my own space yeah i mean like money is a big reason why a lot of people move in toronto is so expensive to get back to like improv based shit it's like i do think like the incredible raises in rent in the city is another thing that's really hurting improv is because like to get good at improv you have to like you probably have to take classes for at least a while and classes are expensive and people just don't have the disposable income that they used to oh and, and anything you do now with like even the acting thing uh it's whenever you're uh there's always people are like classes classes like you want to get more jobs like book more acting classes take it it's like who with i with what money yeah 
all those yeah. things are such expensive uh well improv is more for me a hobby but it's like it's it's it, it would be i don't i don't i won't take classes because it, it the you i moved uh like i feel like classes is thing to like get to know the community sometimes more than actually like building skills or learning that and is very things. true yeah i did i did conservatory and i had such a terrible time uh, that's something that could get me canceled from jobs, maybe. But like, I just didn't have a good time. But at that point, like, they had this thing um, at the Second City Training Center called Naked Fridays, where we like would do like a sketch show every week, and I applied for that and got that. And I don't think I would have been eligible to get to do that if it wasn't for doing conservatory. So like, just the community that I got through that was more valuable than the actual class itself. Mm -hmm. sure. And I've, and that's it, right? It's, it's time and place too. It's like you could enter a program or class or anything like one year and you would have had a very different experience another year because the people are different. The dynamics are different. What you're getting out of it is going to, you don't know. Totally. Uh, Matt, thanks so much for coming on. <laughs> I really hey, no problem. It. Did you want to plug anything? Do you want anyone to obviously let them know what shows you have to come to? Yeah, yeah. So I do a weekly show at the Social Capital Theater. It was briefly mentioned in the show called <laughs> Beer, Beer Comedy. Uh, happens every Saturday night above the Black Swan, across the street from the Danforth Music Hall, and Foot Sensations. <laughs> Thanks again to Matt McCready, the Sonar Network, and Bad Dog Comedy Theater. Your support makes a difference, and you can donate today by going to baddogtheater.com. Five Things is produced by myself, and we couldn't do it without our amazing tech, Sean Murray. And of course, I'm your host, Rosh Abdullah. We'll see you next time. Yeah! <laughs> Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.